Algar Productions. Algar Productions. Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 357, covering Damage and the Forgotten. Hi, friends. Don't know, back. Don't know how to start this with the mood that, that this week's episode's put us in. Yeah. Apart from screaming in your ears, and we probably shouldn't do that. Yeah, I mean, there's only so many times you can open up with a long, sustained groan. You know, you no, get no. it. I think we're I think we're out of groan territory. I think we're in like primal scream territory. Oh no, but. this is like this isn't just a bad episode. This is an inf- like I I cannot capture how angry I was when oh, I, I know. watching this episode the other night. And I was like, okay, this is like you and I more or less on the same page. We we disagree on finer mm-hmm. points usually, but I was like, there's no way I'm going to feel the same. Like Matt was just in a bad mood, or it struck one of his particular things that maybe won't bug me so oh, much. Another, no. Oh, another one about religion, huh, Matt? All right. Yeah, there's certain things, and and we both got them. It's sure. not it's not like you're the nitpicky one. Like no, there's plenty of things that bug me that you're like, no, that's fine, or I like it. Yeah. Like, but this absolutely struck a nerve in both of us the same way, and. I was braced for it from mm-hmm. Matt's notes and stuff, and I still, oh, yeah. You said it might be one of the worst episodes of Star Trek you've ever seen. I am willing to say this is the worst episode of Star Trek. Um, I would still. You came back would, with the uh, the the seven rape episode, and you're not wrong. Yeah, but That's um, also bad. Yeah, very very bad. And what we're talking about is the first one, which we will get to presently. Mm-hmm. But I just, oh, yeah. I, I know a lot of people listen to podcasts through, you know, headphones, earbuds. So yeah. I don't I don't want to scream in your ear. But, yeah, but part of me needs to scream. So yeah. re- please, please appreciate and respect our restraint here. Uh-huh. Because we're mad. So this is damage, which I can only assume is called that because of the damage it does to the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> Way to wreck the franchise, Bacula. <laughs> I mean, that should be what that should just be our quote of the episode yep. from the rest, of, like from now until the end <laughs> from that Futurama movie. <laughs> anyway, why don't you tell us, Matt, tell us why we're so upset with Damage. All right. So after last week's stunning episode, Enterprise is dead in the water. T'Pol is in charge and Archer is in the clutches of the Zindi. So let's get that shit taken care of ASAP. The human, sloth, and muskrat Zindi all decide the archer, that Archer is telling the truth about the sphere builders lying to them and sends him back to Enterprise in a big old space coffin. Their argument is that Archer has actual proof that the sphere builders are against them, but they also don't know what I do. Archer will do literally anything to win a war. Back on Enterprise, T'Pol sneaks away from a meeting with Malcolm to steal some Trillium D from the Cargo D. Or the Cargo D, good lord, all right. The cargo D. And then smoke it like crack. So we're off to a great fucking start here. Archer's coffin bangs into the Enterprise's hull, so that asshole's back on the ship and shouting orders. Drip informs everyone that Enterprise is once again damaged beyond repair and it isn't going anywhere without a new engine. And then the ship gets a distress call from another vessel. It's a bunch of exploring aliens who are unprepared for the dangers of the Expanse and have found themselves shipwrecked, so thank God they managed to stumble across this ship and its friendly crew. Archer immediately imagines this innocent man turning into a giant hamburger and wipes the drool from his mouth. <laughs> Archer explains the situation to the alien captain, played by Casey, Bra- Casey Biggs, a.k.a. the wonderful Damar from DS9, and begs him for his warp coils. 
I would love to help you, Captain, Casey Biggs says, but we are three years from home and wounded. I'll give you whatever supplies I can. My crew and I can work with yours. We'll do whatever we can to help you, but I cannot give you my warp coil. I will not doom my crew. Archer nods. Of course, I completely understand, and we'll give you any help we can. And then he turns to Malcolm and says, from a form of boarding party, we are stealing that fucker's engine. So that's it for me. I will, of course, watch every episode of Enterprise because I said I would, but the show, if it ever had me, has completely lost me today when Archer decided to steal from innocent people. And he goes through with it. There's a scene where T'Pol tries to talk him out of it, but she just realizes she's being a hysterical woman who is also on crack and agrees to go through with it. And go through with it, they do. They steal the engine and leave these guys to die. The end. Yeah, let us be very clear before we launch into our, our dissection of this. You did not uh, exaggerate that. Nope. Like, sometimes we make funny comedy jokes and we say, here's here's what happened. Isn't that a funny way to put it? No, mm-hmm. no shit. Form a boarding party. We, we want to cause ta- the least amount of damage, but we're ready to cause some damage so oh, we yeah. can steal their engine, leave them stranded, and get what we need. Also, let's be clear. There was no immediate danger. Mm-hmm. All they wanted was to get somewhere faster. Yep. It wasn't like the sun's going to explode if we don't leave this system. It's just... We, it can't take a month. We got to get there in three days. So we're going to like, it's not even like there was something that was going to kill them right now. No, they just, th- this is more convenient. Yeah. And, this, and it is literally that, what he does. Isn't that everything that, everything that Jonathan Archer, the captain is, is just, this is much more, con- I don't have time to, you know, talk to these people, work to, like, you know, maybe we could join the ship, the, like, the crews together, like, and we'll take your oh, engine, seen, but we'll ta- we won't leave you people. How many times have we seen across all of the Star Trek series over 40 years to this point? About 40 years, not exactly, somewhere sure. around there. But five series, a very similar situation to this, meeting aliens and pooling the resources and coming up with a creative, like, that's what Starfleet always has been in every yeah. show is a team of creative problem solvers. Yeah. And this guy just cuts the Gordian knot, says, fuck that. I'm just taking what I want. Yeah. I have no time for this. Yeah. Like, that's always the fun of every mm-hmm. engineer character in every show is watching them come up with a clever way. And, you know, depending on the writing, maybe it's stupid. But a lot of times it's like, ooh, Scotty, like, somehow managed to strip a little more power out of, like, that guy's pad yeah or you know like something ridiculous like that like yeah no i like if there anything star trek is other than there's another there's always another way yeah there's the there, there's the way that hurts people and then yeah. there's our way which is better and sometimes they can get smug about it bragging about how good they are but mm-hmm. i'll take that over this any fucking day yeah. this is like back remember early next gen where they where they always did the right thing and and took every opportunity to remind you of it yep that was tiresome but I would love it's that. It's still better than this. Yeah. I will take that a thousand times over Yeah. The this this horrible th- this horrible thing. Yeah. I mean the torture was also terrible. Let's uh-huh. never forget that. But this is a you're right. This is new heights or lows is, or whatever. This is just stealing from innocent people and leaving them to die. They make a point of saying these guys are explorers. They are doing exactly what uh, the Enterprise crew did. They were were exploring the Zindi expanse. They didn't know what they were getting into. Yeah, they they didn't know it was dangerous. Yeah, exactly. Enterprise had a bunch of warnings about how dangerous it was. These guys are just in it because it's near where they were going. Yeah. And, okay, we are nearly to the end of this season. Thank Christ. Uh But um, so there has been a preceding 20 episodes in the expanse mm-hmm. where 
a different dangerous thing has happened to them every week. So there are at least 20 ways these guys could die. Yep. And you've taken away their their means to escape. Archer says to them, he's like, I'm going to give you some trillion D and some food. Yeah. Okay, first of all, maybe we can't eat your human food, but that's uh-huh. a thing Star Trek always ignores. Yeah. But also, like, fuck you. Like, you, the thing is, you say theft, and yeah, it was theft, but it's more than theft. It's mm-hmm. it's basically indirectly killing them. Yeah. It's like, well, you're homeless now, mm-hmm. but I didn't kill you. The elements will kill you, but uh, hey, yeah. I'm taking your house. This is why they used to hang horse thieves. Like, yeah. you're abandoning someone in the middle of elements where they have no chance whatsoever of getting home. Yeah, they're not going to hitchhike home. That horse is their only way. Yeah. Yeah, and and this is this is our captain. It occurred to me just now, like mm-hmm. talking about this. It I didn't think about this when I was watching it. Your your long and and correct um uh lament that they never find friendly aliens. Well, Matt, mm-hmm. look what happened. Look what happens when they do. I you're absolutely correct. I guess this is We found some guys who who meant them no harm. Mhm. And this is how they this is how they treat them. It's probably better they never run into nice people. Yeah, because like, I would love if it if it were me mm-hmm. if 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 I had the opportunity to write a, a canon Star Trek story or even a novel, mm-hmm. I would write a story about how these guys became humanity's biggest enemy because of what John Archer did. To yeah, them. like these guys should be the Klingons of the next era of Star Trek. Based yeah. on this encounter. Well, the, these humans left us for dead. Fuck yeah. you. The first time we ran into you, we we very nicely said, we'll help you, but we're not going to help you that much. And uh-huh. you just left us for dead. So yeah. you know what? Now we're going to wreck your planet. We're going to yeah. carve up what's the le- what's left of Florida. Uh-huh. And where's John Archer from? That's where we're going to bomb. Not Florida. <laughs> I still not got again. some sisters that live there. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I tend to forget about it unless the episode calls for it. I used to have a brother. Everyone, no one talks about him anymore. He went upstairs like Cliff, like uh, Chuck Cunningham. They were going to say Cliff Clavin. Yeah, Cliff Clavin, who also went upstairs, yeah. by which I mean uh, the ship. Uh, I just, I, uh, uh, well, I mean, go ahead and say your bad thing. We've basically already said it, but, you know, well, I mean, prepare to speech. So. Could it possibly be that Jonathan Archer, the pride of Starfleet, one of the greatest captains in all of Starfleet history, stole a fucking vital engine component from a wounded vessel at gunpoint because he couldn't think of a better way to continue his stupid fucking war over a lie? Could that be my fucking bad thing? That this man leaves a crew of innocent people who came to him for help to die in space and it's fine because he leaves them Trillium D and some food? This show is a fucking insult to Star Trek. I don't like to get caught up in Gene's vision of the future, but there are some fundamental things about this show that I th- that I agree with. And one of them is this. Humanity gets better. We overcome. We find a way to stop stealing and killing and become better people. We lead by example and we show the world a better way. Damage is an insult to all of that. Damage is about the fact that when the chips are down and we have no other options, we'll take the quick fix and damn anyone who crosses our path on our mission of vengeance. This isn't Star Trek. This is a travesty. Wait, which one is travesty? Yeah, Travis D. Oh. He's Mike D's brother. Wait, so they killed the first three Travises? Yeah. No, and it's not no bloody A, B, C, or D? No. He, cra- yeah. he crashed into that planet. Right. So look forward to Travis D. Oh. Okay. It's pointier and darker. <laughs> no, no, this this At least was, he's this not was, Travis J. Come on. That oh yeah. I no, didn't like Travis J. He was too flat. This was just this was oh man. There are still people mm-hmm. who think this show rep- like the people who say Discovery doesn't 
stand for what Star Trek stands for. And I don't like to get a whole lot into that because it's a big franchise. It can be about a lot of things. And to just reduce it all down and say all Star Trek is about this is, 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 you know, does it a disservice because it can be about a lot of things. But the one thing, like Matt said, the one thing that it always has been about is our heroes are heroes. They yes. are they are noble people. They are good people always trying to do the best thing. And sometimes mm-hmm. they don't because that's how drama works. Like, But they're trying to do the right thing. And if they don't, they feel bad about it or they pay for it. And this guy has neither. Yeah, I um I made a point of checking. I don't usually do this because especially with Enterprise, which no, you know, we like to, we're before. in uncharted territory. We like yeah. to see where it's going. But I had to after I watched this episode, I'm like, I have to find I have to find out what happens next. Like, yeah, the, these guys have to come back like the, the there, there have to be repercussions for this. There has to be something. And there's, yeah. there's not as far as I can tell. And Never I could be wrong, but as far as I can tell, there's nothing. Archer gets away with this stone cold. We never hear from these guys again, presumably because they die in space. Yeah. And the lesson their planet learns is, well, we better not explore because space is full of assholes. Yeah, seriously. And they just remain xenophobic and never join the Federation when they come calling. Yeah, like, this is disgusting. This is disgusting, and I hate it. It is. It's. It's. We we talked early on about how Archer felt kind of like Kirk minus the charm. Yeah. Now to me, he's turned a corner and he feels like Gul Dukat without the charm. Yeah, exactly. He's willing to commit war crimes. This is a straight up war crime. This is not just a yeah. Oops, oops! I accidentally ruined a culture by <sighs> trying to fix them. Mm-hmm. This is straight up. He knew what he was doing. He he formed a an armed raiding party to yep. go take their shit. This is he's a he's a pirate. <laughs> But not a cool pirate. No, just an asshole. He's a bully. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's been that this whole season. Oh, absolutely. This is the peak of that. This is like like everything it's been building to. Mm -hmm. And he will never have to pay for it. Yeah. Or even feel bad for it. He had a minute of of thinking, maybe I shouldn't do this. Mm -hmm. And then he immediately said, but we have to. And that was it. This just... Yeah. (sighs) Can we... uh... Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Mine changes. I was gonna. I was just gonna go into my bad thing. Oh, good. Okay, that was what I was doing too. Um, Matt mentioned this in his summary, rightfully, because it's a, it's a thing that happened, like that definitely deserved to be mentioned. Uh, but it bears repeating. When T'Pol raises her rightful objections over Archer's "let's just take what we want" plan, he literally just dismisses her as being hysterical. Like he doesn't say that word, but we both picked up on that. Yep. And. Like, I know she's acting overly emotional because of her dumb subplot, which is incredibly dumb, and we should talk about that after. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But but it's kind of overshadowed overshadowed by the terrible main plot. But saying your argument in favor of doing the moral thing is invalid because you're being emotional, and then she agrees and backs down? Yeah. Go to hell, Enterprise. Yeah, it it literally comes across as like, well, you're just a a hysterical woman. The thing is, she... Okay, uh, that's not what they say, to be clear. It just comes off that way because of the way they treat him. Yeah, absolutely. But he doesn't say the word hysterical. It's not about, it's not gendered, but it's no, still, it clearly it, def- is. It, it so feels that way, though. Because she's the only one acting overly emotional. Yeah. Of, of a crew of mostly men. So it's hard not to read it like that. But yeah. beyond that, okay, yeah, she is struggling with this dumb thing. And again, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. But that doesn't invalidate her argument. No, she's still right. She's still a logical person and she's still trying to look out for these guys. And at the end of last season, the season finale of season two was the, uh, uh, the reason she quit the, the Vulcan council or whatever it was. I forget uh-huh. what it's actually called, what she works for the science council. I think 
Yeah. Um, whoever she works for and went with these guys. She was ostensibly supposed to be this cruise like conscience. Mm-hmm. Like these humans are all riled up and emotional about what happened to Earth. And I'm going to be the only one that can keep these idiots from we're, doing something stupid. We're going to keep them from committing any war crimes just because they're so fucking angry. And honestly, I, I like going into this before it started. I liked that idea on paper. Yeah. It's like, yeah, T'Pol usually is the only sensible one. Now that these guys have an extra reason to be riled up and act stupid, they need her more than ever. Yeah, seriously. They need a voice of reason. And who better than a Vulcan who's already been around humans and kind of knows how to handle them now? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a good choice. And they haven't done any of that this season. Archer's just done whatever the fuck he wants. And I mean, she'll like, occasionally raise yeah. an eyebrow and he does it anyway. Yep. And well, because she's so weirdly in love with him or whatever now. Well, that's be- that's supposed to be because of this. And let's go ahead and talk about this. So Okay, so like this episode, we all on top of everything else, we find out that the reason T'Pol's been acting so weird and emotional lately is that she's been fucking smoking Trillium D like it was crack. I think she's like injecting it or whatever, but yeah, it's, it's she's she's taking trace amounts of what's supposed this thing that's supposed to be poison to Vulcans. It showed up in that episode where they, they had like the Vulcan zombies. Yeah, and she's not exposed to as much of it, but she goes down to the to the cargo bay where they store it or the mm-hmm. cargo D as Matt calls it. Yes, and um, I think that should be that should be Pa Cannon now, like upstairs, mm-hmm. downstairs, the cargo D, the cargo D. Yeah, I All don't right. know why. I'm not making fun of you for stumbling. I like the sound of it. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the Cargo D. Mm-hmm. Let's see. We got red stuff and Cargo D. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but she's um, uh, she's injecting trace amounts of this stuff, just enough, like not enough to poison her, but enough to make her feel heightened emotions because as a Vulcan, she doesn't usually feel emotions, and that's, that's a way to do that? Uh-huh. Like, okay, first of all, okay, I was talking to Matt about this. I talked to, like, I've been trying to figure this out. As a, as a like not as a T'Pol story, but just as a story, mm-hmm. as as a broad depiction of how drug addiction starts, I don't hate it. Like, yeah, it doesn't work for her. No, in this incredibly high stress, Earth is at stake. Who are these aliens? We're in constant danger every week with no escape, like no help. Yeah, like it's super stressful. And here's they, the thing: like this is how people get hooked on drugs in the oh, first yeah. place. Is my life is stressful. Here's something that makes me feel better. Oh, God, now I can't stop doing it. I mean, they touched on it a little bit with Trip taking the the sleeping aid uh, early yeah. in the season just because he couldn't, like, he couldn't get his shit together over, like, what happened. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that would be, like, that would be a great, like. It's, it's an interesting story for Travis or Hoshi or, like, one yeah. of the guys who doesn't have much to do anyway and doesn't have much of a character. And so you could just sort of tease it out with that. Mm. But to Paul worked for Vulcan intelligence or like she was like a spy. Mm-hmm. Like she was in in a in a culture that prides itself on having its shit together just like an average person has their shit together. Yeah. She extra had her shit together to be in intelligence. Mm-hmm. So she should be strong enough to not just say, hmm, that stuff is poison and turn guys into zombies. Maybe I'll stick some of that in my blood. Yeah, seriously. What? <sighs> it doesn't work for her character at all. This no. is not She's not that weak. Well, and also, like, Vulcans have emotions. We've talked about this a million fucking oh, yeah. times. No, they definitely have emotions. And okay, she spent her whole life. She may be a couple hundred years old. We're not super clear, yeah. like, if that was her back on Earth in that one episode. But she's been around for a while. And maybe she's so, like, so used to the, the meditation. Like, she effectively has no emotions now mm. just because she's, she's like, gotten them out of her life so effectively. But that doesn't really make sense. It... 
I'm I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, and I don't know why at this uh-huh. point. Like my objections before was this was poorly written, but this is a whole different objection now. Now yeah. it's just insulting, and ah, uh, ah. Uh, I I don't like. Yeah. No, it's a terrible thing to do to her character. Yeah. And all it does then is invalidate her purpose as the like the voice of reason. The, the and everything, anything at all she's done for this entire season. Well. I only started noticing her overly emotionalness. Maybe it was right around when Flonk was on for the last, so maybe two episodes ago, because mm. he was on for the last pair. That's when I really started noticing it. Maybe it was subtle, but th- the show doesn't do subtle. This show wouldn't know subtly if it came up and yelled in their face. Yeah, I like maybe you could retcon and say her falling for Trip's clone was part of that, but I don't. Mm. I don't think so. Yeah, I think she was showing overt signs of it two weeks ago, so it hasn't even been going on for that long, as far as I can tell. And as we'll see in the next episode, they only remember things when they need them. Yeah, exactly. Like that, the whole thing that happens with Trip in the next episode, like, they just forgot about it for most of the season. Yep. Oh, that's but, right. I'm supposed to be mad about my dead sister. Yeah, we'll get to that. We we, should, we we have bones to pick here before we pick those bones. Yeah. Just, Ugh. just, just, uh, and everything, like, everything about Archer, he gets this angry tremor in his voice. Yep. Like, well, the first thing he, when he wakes up, how many are dead? Yeah. And throughout the episode, people are like, uh, we need to fix life support. No. Get all power to the weapons. Yeah, that was actually, I, I wrote a note and I don't remember if it was this one or the other one where he's like, um, you know, weapons are our top priority. And I my note sort of half jokingly mm-hmm. was, uh, well, I guess that means uh, sickbay is like low on the list. And then we cut the flock saying, yeah, uh, he's prioritized weapons over sickbay right now. Like, mm-hmm. are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Over sickbay? Half your, well, not half your guys. Some of your guys are dead. Mm-hmm. Other of your guys are seriously injured and may be dead soon, but it's more important to have guns. Well, if there's one thing I've learned about this show. It's that you can go back to work with an actual bleeding head wound while you're covered in filth and it's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, oh, just, I hate him so much. There's not, like, apart from the dog, uh-huh. which isn't really on him, it's on the dog. What about Jonathan Archer is likable or or admirable? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm not even kidding. This isn't me being like, uh, you know, I hate this show, whatever. Like, yeah. what, like, have we seen anything in 70 episodes that, that show? There, there is nothing that endears me to this character. Other than no. the, other than that, he owns a small dog who I like. Yeah, but that's on the dog. Yeah, all he did was bring the dog, and then that's it. Yeah, anyone could have brought that dog. He doesn't even take good care of him. No, I, I don't remember if it's this one or the next one. Like, uh, Flox is oh, is, is this one because Flox has been watching him while he was in prison again. Yeah, that's just the understanding. Well, Archer spends a lot of his time in prison, so I guess Flox I'll, has to watch the dog. I'll take care of his dog while he's gone. Yeah. And uh, he barely even acknowledges the dog. Yep. Sup, dog. Whatever. (laughs) Sup, dog. (laughs) Get back to work, dog. Yeah. I'm afraid there'll be no power to your dog dish this week. (laughs) We have to have more weapons. Yep. And steal things. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else? (sighs) Yeah, center yourself. Casey Mm -hmm. Biggs is in this. He's good. Yeah, I like that guy, but that honestly made it worse for me. Yeah, because he's stealing from Casey Biggs. Yeah, it's like it's like those times when, well, actually, when Martok showed up, he was good. But uh-huh. 
Um, in Voyager, when Jeffrey Combs showed up and it was a, a, a shitty role, or like they've, I feel like they've used some of their good uh, good guys on this as as bad, you know, bad mm. roles. I can't I can't think of an example right now, but I'm sure they've done that because they get they get a decent amount of um, guys in the rotation, like good yeah. guest stars. And you know, Jeffrey Combs has been Shran, and uh, um, that other guy, Susie Plaxon, has been um, an Andorian. Like yep. they've they've used some of them well. I feel like they've wasted a lot of them too. Yeah. Uh, you know, anything else? Casey Biggs easily one of the Legion of Doom. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. I don't know, man. I got nothing. I like that the. Uh, I like that the uh, the aquatic uh, Zindi shove uh, Archer into what's basically an aquarium. Oh yeah, like a land aquarium. Yep. A terrarium, I guess. Yeah. No. The the all the stuff with the with the water guys was good. Yep. I, we haven't gotten a lot of them. Like they say, here are the five Zindi. We're going to spend mostly spend time with the ones that are easy to make. Mm-hmm. And I, I get that from a production standpoint. But you guys set this up. You made it. Yeah. Can you, can you show us more of the interesting one, please? And nah. they did. And I like that. Mm-hmm. No, my notes early on were like, if I hate this one as much as Matt did, I better find something good now because it ain't going <laughs> to last. Yeah. And I was good to do that because, uh, yeah. Uh, did you did you come up with an actual like official good thing? Uh, my official good thing is fuck off. Not me though, the show. No, of course not. Okay, well, I just just make it sure because you said but that to me. I'm watching. I'm watching the episode and like I finish it and I'm looking. I'm looking at this thing basically, and I'm looking at this blank space that just says "Good thing, Matt." Yeah, and I'm just like, "Fuck off." Yeah. No, it's, it's good thing. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Long-standing format of the show. Yeah. The show has collapsed. We we thought even in the worst of well at the time we thought Voyager was going to be the worst. Uh huh. I thought Enterprise we was going to be boring and Voyager was going to be really bad, and it yeah. turns out that's not the case. But uh, happy to be wrong about at least one of those things. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it, we thought even in the worst episode we'd be able to find something, and uh, I in an episode like this, how how do you do that? I mean, honestly, if you really want, like I, I did just praise Casey Biggs. So no, there's you know, a couple. You want to make and that the, one. the the seeing the fish guys was good. Sure. It's a neat idea, and they actually show us where they live and a couple of the actual guys, and it's neat. But the like, logic of it, they put a little thought into it. Yeah, but I mean, like, none of that makes up for what this episode is fundamentally about, which is a starship no. captain leaving pe- innocent people to die. Yeah, and my good thing is damning with faint praise, mm-hmm. which is Travis and Hoshi had a soul-bearing scene where Hoshi mentions that her mom wanted her to take piano lessons. This is literally the only thing she says. I guess this is what passes for character development on the show at this point. So it's either enjoy the delicious crumbs or starve completely to death. I mean, I was just glad that they took the two these two characters and gave them a scene together. Honestly, Seriously, like, like honestly, the scene the scene opens, and I'm like, oh, at least they're gonna push pause on all this horribleness, mm-hmm. and because these two have been friendly on the bridge a couple of sure. times, like they've had an, a couple of nice, cute moments where it's like we're we're the two junior guys here, we're kind of buds because of that. Mm-hmm. Let's bond over the fact that we're both like. The, the least important people on this bridge. Yeah. And and I was like, okay, this is the start of a cute scene where she's like, oh, my, I, I, if I hadn't become a linguist, if I instead learned the piano like my mom said, I wouldn't be here. And Travis yeah. said, well, you can still take piano lessons when you go home. It's like, okay, what's next? Nothing. They cut yeah. away. And then that's it. That is literally the entire scene. I'm not kidding. I think they each get three lines. Yeah. Here you go. You guys earned your paycheck for this week. What the fuck? Yeah. So not exactly a good thing. It was the start of what could have been a good thing. Because, mm-hmm. again, 
Brandon Braga, I've praised this for him since Next Gen, since his days on Next Gen. He's pretty good at those moments where you cut away of the two guys working in the Jeffrey's tube just having a chat. Yep. That's a thing he's actually pretty good at. There were great moments in Voyager where there'd be a super shitty episode, but you get five minutes of uh, of like Balana hanging out with Janeway mm-hmm. or Seven talking to, you know, Naomi Wildman, like just yeah. two characters chatting. And if nothing else, I was looking forward to that. And mm. we got literally 30 seconds of it. Yeah. Just nothing. So my good thing is a bad thing. So uh-huh. fuck off. Just more in the tradition of this fucking episode. Yeah. I actually, my quote was a good, that was the thing that started good. And then I realized it was actually a bad thing. Okay. I was going yeah. to go with, uh, with T'Pol chewing Archer out. And then they do that fucking 180 on her where she's, oh no, you're right. Yeah, because we both were like, oh, good. Finally, someone's the voice of reason. Oh, never mind. Like, I, in my notes, I'm typing it out, and then I'm just like, oh, fuck off. Really? Yeah. No, and it's like, um, it's it's it seriously just unfolds. Like, it's not just that he shoots her down, is that she backs off voluntarily. Yeah. She's like, no, you're right. I'm out of line. You're right. What? We should definitely steal from these people. What? Uh, what was your actual quote? Uh, my actual quote was... Archer telling these guys that he's going to leave them for dead. What you can't have, you take my force. We've beamed three containers of Trellium into your cargo hold. As compensation, there's also food and supplies. You're stranding us three years from home. Why are you doing this? Because I have no choice. Yeah, I just... I want it. I want it. I want it in writing, basically. Yeah, we need something on the record because I feel like some listeners think we're over, like overreacting, that we exaggerate these things. And okay, when an episode is bad and it hits those notes that we don't like, Mm -hmm. sometimes we do that. Sure. This is not one of those times. There's also over-exaggerating for the sake of comedy. Like, theoretically, this is a comedy show. (laughs) Yeah, this was supposed to, like, the whole premise of the show, if you didn't know, you probably know is that we are fans who also like ragging on things. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a good mix of a thing we like, because there was a time when we liked this, believe it or not. Yeah. See the other two-thirds of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but also that we can make jokes about it, and we're supposed to make jokes. How do you make jokes about a fucking, just, like, genocidal maniac as your hero? I mean, I had a hell of a time writing this summary just because, like, well, where are the goofy make ups Like, nope. there aren't that many. No. And I feel like I, I said this to you on Twitter. Some people might have seen me say this already. I seriously want to do an episode where because it is very hard for us as as guys who make a comedy show to every week show up and try to make the same thing funny. Like mm-hmm. when we conceived the show, the whole idea was it, broadly speaking, this is like MST3K. Every week we'll have something a little different. That yeah, we can make new jokes about. We'll have some running jokes, of course. Oh, yeah. But every week it'll give us something new to make fun of. And we're out of that because everything's so samey and bleak. Yeah. It's like there's no new material. How many more times can we say Archer's a bad person? We don't mm-hmm. ever get to see Travis. Trip is kind of adorable sometimes. That's, yes. That's all the show gives us. <sighs> it, I mean, we're so close. We are literally, I checked, I crunched the numbers. We are 95% of the way through Star Trek. Yep. Like, we can't stop now, but man, I want to. Yeah. And again... It used to be because I thought it was a hacky show, and I still think that. Mm-hmm. But now it's, it's also a bad the, hacky show. Yeah, the fundamental moral stance of the show is wrong. Like, this is the this is the part where you should take Star Trek out of the title. Yes, <laughs> and this is where it just came back. Yeah. 
Ugh. Yeah. All right. You got an alternate title. We should probably press forward. The worst episode. Ah, ah. What's mine yours? Was, mine was the worst episode so far. Ugh, son of a bitch. <laughs> that still might be the best line from the Simpsons movie. <laughs> I, I use variations of that a lot. <laughs> All right. Why don't you, you have a, go ahead. Why don't you tell us about the forgotten now? Okay, I, I just want to make sure you didn't have any other pressing. Like, I don't want to want to like cut off any any great points. I think we made them all, but I no, I'd like to I'd like to bury okay. this episode now. Okay, like like cat turds. Got it. Yeah. In the in the litter box that is our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that metaphor really got away from me. All right, <laughs> moving on now. To Not the best the, review we've ever had on iTunes. I I don't look at those, Matt. <laughs> A real cat box for Star Trek. I mean, if they're going to give us turds, all we can do is bury them. Uh-huh. All right. Let's 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 press forward now to The Forgotten. Uh-huh. Part 68 of the 26-part Zindi arc begins with Archer giving an inspiring pep talk to his crew. I don't know how you can come back from the shit they did in the last episode, and neither do the writers, because it's just more angry growling and shaming his crew into saving Earth. Fuck, man. Even Kirk, who never made it a secret that he was only looking out for three guys, one of whom was his, himself, managed to rouse the troops better than this. Once that tedious business is over, Archer yells at Trip for letting an engineer die and orders him to write a letter to her family. That first part is a slight exaggeration, but the second part is not. He seriously says, I don't care if you have work to do, you're writing this letter. Which is compassionate adjacent if you squint. Which Archer does a lot. So I guess this is what passes for compassion on this ship, yelling at people to write a letter that someone's dead. <sighs> this triggers the writers to realize that Trip is still supposed to be angry and sad about his sister. So he suddenly catches up on the previous 16 episodes where he completely forgot about that all at once. Meanwhile, Archer tries to convince the Zindi that he has evidence that the Sphere Builders are lying to them. If you think this sounds exactly like what happened two episodes ago, I also noticed this. <laughs> Only I had to watch it twice. He eventually sort of convinces them, and then he infects them with his unethical stink, so they turn on their own people and blow up a lizard's indie ship. This week on The Sopranos, Tony and Carmela show signs of reconciling after having spent most of the show's fifth season separated. I point this out because The Sopranos might be the bleakest show that has ever been on television, and this particular episode, like every episode of that show, still managed to include a number of moments that were funny, charming, or poignant. In case you were wondering if there was some kind of levity shortage on television in April of 2004. This is a stylistic choice on the part of Enterprise. They're doing it on purpose. Also, according to Memory Alpha, co-writer David A. Goodman refers to this as, quote, one of the best episodes of Star Trek ever, quote. I find that utterly, utterly baffling. Not just because, like, not just because I hate this show, but because this is such a nothing episode. That's the thing. Like, our big objections clearly were in the previous one. This one has some problems, too, but not like the last one. But, yeah, as part of an arc, as part of, like, the way episodic television is built now, you, sometimes you just have episodes that connect A to B and mm -hmm. nothing much happens. Like, Netflix shows have a, have this problem a lot. Yeah. Where it's like, there's there's about three too many episodes in this. Like, clearly this episode is just meant to get the character to the next point. Nothing sure. much happens. And that's what this one feels like. Yeah. And... It, it's worse in a 26 episode season than it is in a 13 or 10 or whatever. Like mm -hmm. you get a lot of that. And yeah. all this is, is moving us to the next thing. It's like, okay, well now we, now Archer's sort of got the ear of the Zindi council. So yeah, that's a real, know, that's our big plot point. Basically. We know the next episode, this has to happen. Therefore we have to get them here. And yeah. Let's not do it in any kind of interesting way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but he thinks this, this writer thinks it's one of the best episodes of Star Trek ever. I would not hold any, 
episode of Enterprise uh, up with the best of Star Trek ever, but mm. this one? Also, uh, going back to the last one quickly, I, I don't see anyone trying to distance themselves from what they do. Like, the writers have not since, like, either on Memory Alpha or in the 50-year mission book, which is very comprehensive. Sure. I've never seen one of them say, you know, maybe we went a little too far. Maybe we were caught up in that whole, like, patriotic rah-rah post-9-11 stuff, and maybe it was a bad idea to make our Star Trek captain do this. Apparently, I mean, they haven't they haven't said, but I can mm. only assume they still think it's fine. Yeah. I haven't heard anything to say differently, so. Yeah. Like, I get at the time, like, in America, some of us were getting, mm-hmm. I got caught up in a little of that. Not not this bad, but a little, you know, sure, I'm a little ashamed I, to like, admit that I was, like, yeah, go, just go kill him. Yeah, that's yeah. good. No, and I get I it, like, man. Like, oh, what is wrong with me? That was the that that was the world for a while, even up in Canada. Yeah. No, oh, and and it happened not terribly far. Like, I, well, you know, Flonk was like there. Yeah. Like, no, I know not that, but it was a couple hours away from me, and and I worked for the military at the time, so like sure. the Pentagon thing was particularly like I knew some people there. Yeah. And like it was, it was rough, and we were all, we didn't know what to do, but like what you don't do especially three years later, is nah. write stories where it's okay to torture people. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, anyway, like, anyway. The, this episode, we're talking about this episode. Now. Yeah. And it sucks. <sighs> it sucks so bad, man. Like, just. Well, did you manage to find a good thing? Yeah. Fucking Phlox is just a shining beacon of a legitimately nice person in all of this horror. In all of this darkness, I genuinely appreciate any time he is on screen just being nice. Okay, just being I, a nice person. I will I will both agree and disagree with you on this because the way he plays the character, the character mm-hmm. himself is very likable. Just he walks in and he's usually smiling. And if they put that extra little effect on, he's smiling huge. Mm-hmm. Like he's a he's a nice guy. And the, and the tone of his voice is always kind of soothing and a little mm-hmm. cheerful and a little upbeat. But we've seen him do some pretty ugly shit. Oh, totally. He's been complicit in a lot of Archer's war crimes. Mm-hmm. And he's done a lot of bad shit on his own. That thing with the trip clone. Yeah. He should be horrible. in jail for that. Monstrous. Like, let, let's just be clear. You're right. You're 100% right. He is the most likable guy on the show. He's still guilty as fuck. Well, I mean, yeah, like... If we're putting these guys on trial for war crimes, he's going to jail, too. That's uh-huh. what I'm saying. Let, let me let me get this straight in my head, Mr. Flux. You created a sentient human for spare parts? I who who is I... effectively had the memories and is effectively a duplicate mm-hmm. of, of Mr. Tucker here. And then sentenced him to death. Yeah, I wanted to see if I could do it. And made him aware of the fact that he was being sentenced to death so mm-hmm. that he could agonize over how short his life was and that he had to die mm-hmm. and just walk around the ship thinking about how you were about to kill him. I mean, if nothing else, sir, couldn't you have just kept him in a coma or something until you needed to harvest the parts? Well, where would the where would the fun have been in that? I wanted to see what would happen. Incidentally, what happened was that everyone was very sad. Yep. Also, he hit on to Paul. Oh, we'll get to her in a minute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Weren't you supposed to keep these idiots in line? What's wrong with you? Sorry, what? Yeah. Uh, mm. Got a uh, little trillium. Uh, we 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 touch back on that. Like that's that's largely the context where we see Flocks in this episode, where he's helping yeah. to Paul recover from her her addiction, and he gives her effectively like um, uh, trillium, like um, uh, methadone. Yeah. And that's like, I hate that plot and it's stupid and terrible, but at least mm-hmm. they they seem to be wrapping it up. And 
I will give them a little bit of credit serialization wise that they didn't just ignore that it happened last week. Like we're recovering. Like it's a little thing, but you know, like, okay, last week we said she was addicted to drugs. This week, everything's not quite better yet. She's still recovering. So yeah. That's something. But at least she stopped hallucinating uh, zombies. Uh, let's talk about hallucinating. Oh, boy. <sighs> that's, that's, I, this was my bad thing and then I took it away. Uh-huh. Trip sees a ghost. <laughs> it's not a ghost. It's a dream. Uh-huh. With, cause that's the other trick. But he's plagued this whole episode. And the thing is, in the hands of better writers, I mm. would have liked this device. I really would have. Like, I wasn't kidding in my summary. Archer bullies him into writing this letter. Trip is yeah. already stressed the fuck out. The ship is broken. He's got to make this alien technology that they just stole work with his stuff. Yep. The he captain is literally slept. on his back about getting the ship up and running again. Yeah. Like, a bunch ignoring of the captain being on his back about, about the letter writing. Yeah. No, a bunch of the engineers are dead or injured and can't yep. work. Like, there's, he's got to, like, he's, in every Star Trek show, the engineer is the one who keeps the show, the ship going, but he's got it a little worse than most of them because it's a, like, smaller crew, mm-hmm. and some of them are dead, and things are, have gone real bad. So he's real stressed out. Yeah. And uh, Archer yelling at him to write this letter on top of that, like, really, right now, isn't that the captain's job? Also, John... I don't know if you know this or not, but Trip, not the most eloquent crew member you have when it comes uh, to, you know, writing stuff. I don't know. You know, honestly, for real, if if it were me, if it were a close family member that got lost, mm-hmm. I would much rather her friendly, immediate boss coming to uh-huh. me and saying, look, man, I'm sorry to tell you she was she was a great gal, but uh, she didn't make it rather than Archer's fucking tortured, you know, she died in the line of duty because we're saving Earth. Like, mm-hmm. I would much rather hear from Trip. It's true. Because Trip would be humble and, and friendly about it. I was at first picturing like this, like, like the letter just like written out, written in crayon with a picture at the bottom of Trip holding hands with uh, the crewman with like a smiley son wearing sunglasses was overhead. Yeah. Yep. But I actually think Trip might have the best handwriting of anyone I've ever met. <laughs> That's my headcanon. Yeah, that's fine. I it's like just, I like adding look, weird little details like that to him. It's just beautiful. You you can't guess me. You, you think I'm just a stereotype, but there's things about me you just can't guess. Yeah. No, and the thing is, I, I like that as a framing device, like apart from the stupid setup of Archer yelling at him. Mm-hmm. The idea that he's finally got to come to terms with his grief about his sister and and do this horrible thing. He is a senior officer and I it's not completely out of line. Like I still think Archer should be the one, but it's sure. not completely out of line to ask your next in command, like Starfleet wise to say, can you, can you please just tell them what happened? It's, this is part of one day you want to be a captain. This is some of the shit you got to do. <laughs> like I gotta, I gotta write five letters. You take this one and this yeah. will be practice for you being a captain. Like mm-hmm. the, I get that in, in a better show, but they didn't do it well at all. And it's him hallucinating and seriously, the the sister thing, they started with strong in the season and they completely forgot about it. And then it came yeah. back. And I think that's what the forgotten was supposed to be. <laughs> like that, the, what the title refers to. He forgot <laughs> oh, that's that his right. sister had died. Oh, that's right. My dead sister. I, be, I guess I should be mad about it when it's uh, not good, not diplomatically good to be mad about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So woven through the episode, this is the thing I didn't mention in my summary. Uh, we have Archer now sort of cooperating with the Zindi and trying mm-hmm. to convince them. Like I said, we saw this two episodes ago. Yeah. We saw him trying to convince them exactly the same. We hit all the same dumb plot beats, only now we're on the Enterprise instead of on their ship. But whatever. But while all this is going on, 
Trip's just looking at him and said, you're the one who killed my sister. <laughs> like, okay, that really adds to this. Thanks for uh-huh. that. And uh, it just, it, uh, why? <laughs> like, why did, why, why did you take your only other charming character apart from Phlox and say, no, yeah. he should just be angry and, and, and ruin all this. I'm, I'm, I miss, I miss old Trip. Season one the, and two trip, me too. You still you still see him occasionally, but he's very angry now and also in love with T'Pol, probably. Yeah, that too. Which I could do without. Uh-huh. Gross. Yeah. yeah. I d- uh, d- uh. <laughs> there's there's a bit where one of the Zindi, I I don't know, the the, the armadillo Zindi or the zebra Zindi, I can't keep them straight. Muskrat Zindi. <laughs> Muskrat Zindi. <laughs> Have we ever have we talked about how dumb the name Zindi is? By the way, it's so dumb. I hate it. I hate I, it. To I death. didn't hate it at first because in writing it's got an X in it. That's a, that's a pretty typical sci-fi thing. But the that's more why I, hear it I out hate loud, it. Nah, it's fine. It's lazy, but it's fine. But the more I hear it out loud, the dumber it sounds to me. Zindi. Zindi. Because it sounds like Cindy. Yep. But anyway, we have uh, to wh- <laughs> we have to wage war on Cindy. Oh my yeah. God! Why? Leave me alone. <laughs> Late for chair practice. But she's the whoest of the who's. <laughs> and the youngest of the Bradys. <sighs> yeah. Uh, she, she, uh, he, one of the, the Zindi, the, the sloth Zindi, I think, like one of the primate guys, uh, is like one of the ones who basically pushed the button and killed all those guys uh-huh. on Earth. And he's basically like, well, yeah, I knew I killed a bunch of guys, but I never realized I'd have to meet one of them. Yeah, it was really that's easy what when you guys were just a number I blew up. That's what he says. Yeah. Like I get that as a as a as a character point. As a like you put that in your script and then you write it good mm-hmm. so that that guy has to realize that. But he literally just says it out loud. Because you know what yep. they say, tell don't show. Yep. So instead of character development, he just says, Wow, I'd never really thought of you as, as human before. Wow, you're really mad that I killed all those people. I hmm. guess I I guess it never occurred to me that after I stomped on that ant hill, I would then have to go meet the queen of the ant people. <laughs> Still, on the other hand, I never stole a, sh- a vital ship component from people who desperately needed it to get home. Yeah, look, our guys might have gone back in time and tried to steal people's blood in Detroit, but uh, <laughs> at least at least we didn't do that. I every time oh, I'm I reminded that the Zindi went back in time to steal people's blood. It's funny. Oh, don't don't leave out Detroit. I don't know why that makes it funnier for me, but it does. Yeah, absolutely. I know he was evil. And at one point he actually tried to steal my blood. <laughs> yeah. No. I think of that every time. Yep. Just never forget. Oh God. And that is the sticking point, because they keep coming back to it. Mm-hmm. Like he's trying to he's trying to drive a wedge between the different Zindi, and he's like, look, the lizard guys did this bad thing. They went back to Detroit and stole people's blood. And if I were the others, Indy, I just fall on the floor. Really? That's what you. That's what you're trying to convince us they did. Did you even th- try to think up a better lie? Those blood thieves. Detroit is bloodless now. <laughs> Everyone just walking around with no blood. That's why we needed to have RoboCop. He was a cop with no blood. <sighs> yeah. Just oh man. Um. <laughs> So my bad thing kind of ties into the like you 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 called out correctly that that Flox is kind of nice uh-huh. and we called out that Trip used to be that guy. Mm-hmm. I, I I talk about this a lot. I mentioned and in my summary just that this shows lack of just joy of any kind. Mm-hmm. And this is the episode I've been looking I've been looking for this like because I knew it was coming. Uh, Seth MacFarlane has a cameo. 
Oh, yeah. I am not the world's biggest Seth MacFarlane fan. I was kind of on the fence about him, but fans of the Orville have completely ruined him and that show for me now. Well, and that show's gotten real, real unpleasant. I haven't. I haven't. I, I watched the first one and it looked pretty good and then everyone wouldn't oh, shut no, up about it. And No, I no, really I mean, uh, I haven't seen any of the Orville since the first episode. No, I mean uh, Family Guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Has no, gotten real just nasty. I'd see, I don't know if it has or if I've changed because I will acknowledge I don't have the patience for mean humor that I used to. Sure. I just, like, I I don't, you know, I, I like an occasional mean joke, for sure. All I know is that there's a lot of rape jokes in that show. Yeah, like I could do a, without that. Like, a handful an episode, and, and that's, that's... That's not my thing. That's gross. Like, I am not going to say those things shouldn't exist. It's not a censorship issue. I just, I, I don't watch things like that. I don't like things yeah. like that. I think they're in poor taste, and I won't support them. But mm-hmm. it, it's not like I think they shouldn't be there. Fine, make dumb jokes, whatever you want to do. But anyway, so I, 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 I'm not a big fan of his, but I knew his cameo was coming and I was kind of looking forward to it as a way to break the endless grim, dark tension. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't think he'd be like a boisterous, hairy mud figure or anything, but I thought maybe he'd make a wisecrack. Like, he's got a good wisecrack voice. He's got a great sarcastic voice. <laughs> ah. Hey, Lois, I'm working on this machine over here. But it's it, all he does literally Tri- like they, they, it's some techno babble. Trips uh-huh. says, "Are you fixing this conduit?" Yeah, I used a three eighths, you know, wrench. Okay, mm-hmm. get back to it. Like I should have known better because this show doesn't know what what light and funny is. Yeah, and I get the point of him wasn't, "Hey, comedy guy, here's a comedy episode." I just, I don't know. You got a guy known for for doing comedy and doing funny voices. Yep. And, like, I, and I get it's a cameo. I really, I do get that, but. Mm-hmm. He added nothing. Like, I just, I I want, Star Trek can be fun. Like, Discovery came on pretty thick with the darkness early on, but it still Mm -hmm. managed to find some fun. Yeah. And we'll talk more about that when we get into the show, but. I can't wait. But but they go to a particularly bleak setting, Mm -hmm. and they still manage to have some fun there. Yeah. Because they remember that Star Trek is an adventure show, and adventures are fun. Yep. Like. That's part of it. You can do dark stories. You can you can yeah, do of course. soul-searching, deep character stuff facing your whatever. But also, like, DS9 at its darkest, still, like, at the, at the, at the most hopeless, still had, like, O'Brien and Bashir palling around and, mm-hmm. like, like, Quark. You cut down to thing. Quark's bar for whatever yeah. he was up to, you yeah, know? Yeah, and, and, okay, Rom was a little over the top for my personal comedic taste, but he was still, there as comic relief. Yeah. Like, there were, fu- even when they were, like, genocide, like, the bad guys were genociding, you'd have Wei-Yun say something dumb about being descended from a squirrel. Yep. Like, like, there well, was always something to cut through all the bleakness. He's he's firebombing Cardassia, but mm-hmm. also, I just found out he's part squirrel. Yep. <laughs> like, this show doesn't have that. No, it's just darkness. And I've said and it. I've said I'm, it a lot. Like, this is not a new observation. Yeah. It continues to be true, and bringing in a, a a guy known for doing comedy just underscores it. Hey, it's Seth MacFarlane. Maybe he'll mm-hmm. say something funny. Nope. Nope. There's no also, point wanna, to him being there. You want to know something weird? I did some research on this. Family Guy was off the air when this episode aired. Yeah, like, there was that time was where it, it got canceled. canceled. Yeah. This, that was the first show that got brought back because of DVD sales. I do remember yeah. that. And so, yeah, so I bet, I mean, the thing was... He was, you know, kind of famous and connected mm-hmm. and a big Star Trek fan. We know that because he's now made the Orville. But yeah. I knew that at the time because I knew this happened. Mm. And he got a bunch of Star Trek guys to be in Family Guy. 
And oh yeah, uh, he worked with um, Braga to do the Neil deGrasse Tyson show. Like he's he likes these guys. He likes this stuff, mm-hmm. and that that's fine. Oh, yeah. That's cool. And he probably knew some people in showbiz and said, "Can I? Can I please? I know it's just Enterprise, but can I please be on Star Trek? That would be so mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. I can respect that. Yeah. The thing is, if this I were the only show if I had on, a modicum of fame. What's that? I would do that in a second if I have a modicum of fame. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Even if this was the only show on, mm-hmm. this this thing that we very clearly hate. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. This is the worst show I've ever watched on purpose. Yeah, there's plenty of things I've watched and said, "Oh, I don't want to watch this," and I turn it off. I can't turn this off because we're doing this. Yeah, like this is the worst show I have seen because I intended to watch it, and I would still if they said. Put on these uniforms and, and go on the bridge of the Enterprise. I'd say, oh, my God, the bridge. I mean, it's my least favorite Enterprise, but still, oh, my God. You know? I don't know. At this point, I might be all like, maybe I can get on Battlestar. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, Who's your bad thing? Oh, man. What was my bad thing? What did I find? Oh, I'm kind of burnt out from last episode's bad things. Let's go. just go with how fucking boring everything is. Yeah, like, this is supposed to be the episode where everything finally start, starts to tilt in the crew's favor after months upon months of utter bleakness, and I don't give a shit. Like, mostly because I cannot begin to care about this crew and its captain anymore. No, and we talk about this all the time, like, the stakes. Like, mm-hmm. you have to care about what the characters want, and yeah, okay, they're trying to save Earth, but this th- these characters have done, mostly Archer, but the crew hasn't stopped him. Yeah. Like, they've done so many terrible things that it's like, I don't... I don't care if they die, and obviously they're not going to, but mm-hmm. I just, it doesn't matter. The, th- the thing is, you got to make it, per- like, I've seen, at this point in my life, trillions of people save the Earth. Like, mm-hmm. that like is, that is science- every science fiction. Once you leave Earth and zoom yeah. out a little bit, that's what's at stake, always. Like, science fiction movies, action movies, I read superhero comics, for Christ's yeah. sakes. Like, the Earth is in danger all the time. It's not that mm-hmm. big a deal anymore. Yeah. Like... You have to give me a personal reason to care about these characters, and it's just not there. These guys are assholes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's I agree. World-weary sigh. Here's the thing that bugs me. Mm-hmm. The, nobody washes their face. <laughs> this is... <laughs> like... This is this is not just Enterprise. This is like all modern Star Trek. I don't remember uh-huh. it in the original series, but everything from Next Gen. I'm on. sure it was in the original series too. When the when the ship is wrecked up and everyone's all disheveled, their mm-hmm. faces just get filthy. Yep. I know it's a quick, easy thing. You look at it. It's like when Tom Paris's hair used to get mussed. Yeah. And we'd I... say, okay, okay, things are out of control. And actually, weirdly enough, this ties into my good thing. Mm-hmm. Hoshi's supposed to look disheveled because they they all have their dumb, dirty face. Everything. But I think her hair looks cute and her face a little like that. Sure. That's all I could find. <laughs> no, um, getting back to your smudged face thing. Um, I spent this week at work uh uh digging through uh boxes of books that have been sent in by a by a com- by a company, just bulk boxes of books to go through. Oh yeah, books collect a lot of dust. You probably got pretty dirty. And these were like even by book standards, and I've been doing this a long time, even by book oh. standards, these things were like thick piles of dust i was filthy and like i i i could not stand that shit like on my hands like to have like smears of filth on your fucking face like i would be in the bathroom every eight seconds just like peeling that crap off yeah and and you're not like a like a a super compulsive hand washer or anything not that i am aware of yeah like just just to to set some you know 
some boundaries there. Like this isn't one. Of, this isn't the thing for you. Like it is a thing for some people. And yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to to like say that's a bad or a weird thing. It's just it's a thing for some people. But no, just like but every like you. ten minutes or so. Gross, 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 gross. Yeah, it's yeah. Ugh. And these guys just walk around. And again, I know it's shorthand. I know as soon mm. as the, the the shot comes up, you know, oh, okay, something's wrong because everybody's hair is messed up and their faces are dirty. But yeah, ugh, it doesn't make sense. I think it's because this show's in HD and I notice it more. Mm, that might be it. Yeah. You get a much crisper picture of their dirty faces. And it's like, I want to do that mom thing where you lick your finger and wipe it on <laughs> your face. Like, just here, come here for a minute. Just, yeah, this is bothering me. Well, and also, like I mentioned this earlier, but there are characters with bleeding head wounds, like yeah. still get working back to away. work. The captain's going to growl at me if I don't get back to work, despite the fact that you can see my brain. Uh-huh. It's like, well, I'm seeing triple here, and I think I can touch my skull, but, um, oh, all right, I guess back to work. Mm-hmm. No, These weapons was, aren't going to shoot themselves. Trip is hallucinating this dead crewman who ended back up to work. really being his sister. You're not working hard enough. Yeah. Ugh. I hate him so much. Get back to work. I can't spend all day jabbing you. <laughs> also, the whole reason that the Zindi guys don't believe Archer is because they're like, well, all of this stuff hangs on time travel. Yeah. All of this stuff, like the future, like carbon dating that thing from the future is dumb. Mm-hmm. What else you got? And he's like, I don't know. It all came from the future. We got this and we got this, but but you have to believe me about the future. That doesn't make sense. Our contact from the future says time travel is impossible. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> That's basically what they said. They acknowledge that they are be- taking orders from someone from the future. Uh-huh. And then they completely discount Archer having contact with someone in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> As someone we- who has met someone from the future, I personally don't believe in time travel. <laughs> Look, who could I trust more than this person from the future to say, what you're saying about travel to the future is impossible? Uh-huh. Are you talking would, about the weird uh, female changeling-looking Cenobite motherfucker? I, that this is the Sphere Builder, which okay, you guys said you think is a dumb name, which is which is a fair uh, you know criticism. Sure, but at least we've now seen them. Uh huh. Like we saw that one guy flaking off to death, like he was mm-hmm. made of stucco. But this is what they look like in mint condition. Yep. Um. In box. I, I didn't. I didn't. They didn't say this out loud. This is my. I don't know if it's a theory or just a subtext or what. But I feel like the temporal cold war is these guys and the Suliban. And mm-hmm. These guys are giving one like some people orders, and the Suliban are trying to fight in a different way. And then mm-hmm. you got Daniels. Like I think that's how what the temporal and cold war is. And then there's also, Daniels. Also, I don't care. Uh-huh. But really, Archer's whole argument hinges on the only way I can prove this is if Daniels shows up at random, like he does sometimes. And mm-hmm. this week, where the fuck was he? Like this would have made this episode redundant. Yeah, if, he if just Daniels sh- had just showed up. And said, here's all the information I've been feeding to Archer. Yeah. I can confirm that all of this is true. No. Uh, yeah, I'm from the future, and uh, here's all the stuff you're going to need yeah. uh, to know that I'm not lying, and we can all get back to... I'm Daniels, by the way. <laughs> no, his his voice does not sound that interesting. <laughs> it's very uh, much blander than that. <laughs> More like blandules. Ooh, you yeah. showed him. I'm going to cut that, I think. <laughs> You want to know the worst part? I was this close to making that joke. I know you were. A lot of a lot of those for me are beating you to the punch at this point. <laughs> We've been working together a long time, Matt. I, I you know, I know how you yep. think. <sighs> <sighs> I don't have anything else for this. What about you? I have a final note, and that's that Trip's sister kind of looks like Chelsea Peretti, and he should be so lucky. <laughs> we should all be so lucky. 
God, that would be that would make this show so much better if Chelsea Peretti was there playing playing Gina from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, basically, he's just like trips for like trips hallucinating. She's like, mm, you should probably avenge my death when you get around to it. Captain, I've been uh, live tweeting your torture, and it turns out Earth is not on board. <laughs> Yeah, this Twitter poll here says uh, you should be in jail, uh-huh. and that jail should be at the bottom of the ocean. <sighs> All right. Oh, man. We just had that jail for him, too, and he's I, out I of know. it. No. Uh, we didn't even talk about that, and why bother? We're at the end now, but real uh-huh. quick. All those stakes they set up at the end of, of last week's episode, mm-hmm. and in five minutes, I think you covered this in your summary, yeah, they blow through them, like, just boom. Oh, Archer's out of prison and the ship's fine again. Yeah, what? whatever. <sighs> I mean, yeah, they had to steal that thing. Yeah, had but to. I mean, like, all the other damage, like the giant holes that were poked in the ship, mm-hmm. not really a problem. Oh, no, this episode had a long-running, like, cloud of green fart steam coming out of it. Like, oh, that that's was... right. <laughs> that's yeah. right. I'm like, is, what, is, is the last 20 minutes of Ghostbusters coming out of their ship? Yeah, I, my thought was... um. I wonder if Matt's going to compare this to Ghostbusters. I don't know why I wondered that. Yeah, why would you wonder that? Everything is Ghostbusters to you. Yeah. And, th- and uh, you know, picture how happy I am most days. Yeah, I get it. All right. Uh, my quote is, you know, I think the show thinks this is a point of pride mm-hmm. when, when one of those indie guys says this to Archer um, because they don't understand how heroes work. The reptilians are correct about one thing, Captain. You have an impressive facility for deception. So there's that. Uh huh. What do you got for an alternate title? Oh lord. Um, where's my alternate title? Forty more minutes of hateful people and cool spaceships. Not the most succinct title. Just another another ship or another show on the pile. I mean, two more down, thirty or so to go. Uh huh. That's something. Yep. Almost through the season. We got two more pairs of episodes and then we're done with this season. Cool. And then for better or worse, it changes. Uh-huh. It's got to be better, right? I it, Mathematically, it has to be. I mean, listeners constantly, and this is not an exaggeration, constantly tweeting and writing to us. And we love hearing from you guys. We truly mm-hmm. do. But telling us that it's going to get better and that we're going to like it. At this point, stop and think for a minute. If you like it, that's great. We're not going to tell you what to like. Yeah. But... You know what we like. If you've listened to this show, you have a pretty good idea of our tastes. Maybe factor that in before you tell us we're going to love what's next. It's going to take... To redeem Jonathan Archer alone, it seems impossible at this point. Like, to make me like that character seems impossible. If you want to chime in and defend this show, don't say, well, I loved the next season. Like, think about knowing what you know about us. Are we going to like it? Because I bet the answer is probably no. Mm-hmm. And not because we've made up our minds, because we thought we'd made up our minds about Voyager and we, we were glad to be wrong. Like, yeah, we'll backpedal if it, if it comes to that, but it's not going to come to that. Yeah. This was supposed to be a good season. A bunch of people said that. Mm-hmm. This is not what we want from Star Trek. Yeah. Just isn't. All right. Well, as I said, we only got two more pairs left, which means mm-hmm. our supplemental episodes coming up soon. Yeah. Uh, if you want to write to us, uh, we would love to hear from you. We really would. Yeah, um, we got a, yeah, like I said, supplemental coming up. Yeah, uh, post-atomicor at Gmail. Mm-hmm. Um, got some great art from uh, from a listener, Mike X, who's been with oh, us for yes. a very, that, very long time awesome. since our first show. And, yep. Uh, fantastic art. Uh, so thank we, you. We will put up and, and show off to people. 
Mm -hmm. uh, probably around supplemental time because we kind of put all the art up then and all the the music and all the stuff we get so that it, it won't get missed. So like, yeah, we'll make a big deal out of everyone seeing it. But uh, but Mike, we really appreciated that. That was great. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, website postatomichorror.com, uh, mm -hmm. the, the Tumblr postatomichorror.tumblr.com. Yep. Uh, if you would like uh, our game, uh, The Adventures of Nick and Willikins is now on Steam. Now on Steam. Uh, the PC version is. Uh, we're working on getting the Mac version up there as well. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also both versions are still free at nickandwillikins.com, pinheadgames.com. Uh, we got a very nice review from Kotaku. Yeah. Uh -huh. So like we're we're kind of legit between the Kotaku thing and and Steam, mm -hmm. like. We're 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 on the radar of things you've heard of. It's not just some little thing we threw together. Like like websites you know have acknowledged that our game is a thing and said that it is good. I so. am waiting here, hoping for the, us to get into the uh, rock paper shotgun free games of the week. I, that'd be great. That's gonna um, be a bit. That's gonna if that happens, I will be extremely pleased. The um the the guy who uh, uh, did most of the developing with me, uh, my co-developer mm -hmm. uh, Dave Scotch. He's um he's working on a lot of that stuff. Like yeah, I I suck at promotion. Uh, I like it's not really a joke when one of you chimes in and says our game like uh, and I say oh yeah because in my head we're done with that thing and I'm on to the next thing and I yep. don't want to think about it mostly because I thought it would be disappointing that no one would say anything about it I've been wrong about that and I'm very glad yeah but anyway check that out yeah um, please uh, what else oh I, I don't usually promote this I'm, I'm mm. going to mention this one time uh, I I did YouTube reviews of old cartoons I did the entire original Transformers series from the 80s. I just finished doing the entirety of the Sunbow uh, G.I. Joe series from the 80s. Mm -hmm. uh, 95 episodes plus the movie. Mm -hmm. um, they're like five minutes each. So there's like eight hours of, of free comedy if you if you like what I do. Uh, that show is insane. <laughs> and it is not hard to make jokes about. Not like this show. Yeah. Like and and that's on YouTube. It's also at my website algar.com. They're all yeah. they're all free. They're all fun. People seem to enjoy. Like inexplicably, of all the stuff that I do, that is the most popular thing that I do. I don't know why, but people seem to like them. So check that out if you're interested. Watch Serpentor play the piano. Yeah, that, that is the only thing you know about GI Joe. Yep, it's the only thing you need to know about GI Joe. Really, I mean, I you know at this I'm 34 years old and I'm very happy in my life. So it must have been. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, oh, and June 30th is when we're doing our big discovery show here in Seattle. Uh, if, if there's any chance you could be in Seattle, uh, it's a pay what you can at the door show. So, like, we, we ask that you donate to the to the venue, but it doesn't actually cost anything. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing we have to do because we're, we're screening the episode. And there's a whole legal thing about, like, we're showing a thing that belongs to CBS. You can't charge money to do that. So that that's why that is. But, but what I'm saying is if you only got a couple bucks, that's fine. Yeah. It's not, like, expensive. You just have to get to the venue and then throw them, I don't know, five bucks maybe. Some money. Yeah. So, uh, but that, we're very excited about that. Yeah. And uh, I think that's all for this time. That's everything. Uh, see you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2018. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this. 